Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. You can only do this stuff for so long without music, okay? I mean, even the guys at the Kabul International Airport have their Walkman, so or whatever, or whatever, whatever we're calling, Walkmans. yeah, whatever we're calling those these what days. That? What is that? 1980 just called you? Whatever, whatever it might be, it might be. Yeah, I think it was 1980s. So um, anyway, good morning to everybody on a Thursday morning. Mike McNamara in with uh, Will Cosentini from uh, the Greater Kansas City area. Will, how are you? Good morning. Great here in the Midwest. Always, always. Tim Lynch down in, uh, um, what's that city? McAllen, Texas. How are you doing, Timmy? Yeah, we're, we're doing good. Sun's out. Plenty of heat, but other than that, we're fine. Got it. And uh, Jeff Kenny from the uh, left coast uh, in San Clemente, I think. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It is uh, it is not sunny here. It's not The sun hasn't come up yet here, but uh, it's nice as usual. There you go. All right, I, I just want to go for, over a few notes from the SECDEF and the chairman's press conference yesterday. Uh, the SECDEF stood up first, talked about um, uh, there was three tasks. Uh, one was safety. Uh, 4,500 American military personnel in place. There had been no hostile contact yet. Uh, so the first task was safety. Second task uh, of, of the of the individuals there, the American military, to secure the airport, which they say they've done. Three, the pace of the evacuation. Uh, so the third goal is to increase the capacity on a daily basis uh, uh, to get everybody out to identify um, Afghans who have worked who have worked for the United States. Uh, there's two Department of State teams on site at the gates uh, trying to facilitate that. Then he made a, Then he had a little discussion about the moral obligation uh, that uh, that he felt through these difficult days as somebody who had commanded in Afghanistan. And then he spoke. And then he's interestingly enough, he spoke to veterans of the Afghan War, saying that you know your service and your sacrifice mattered. I thought mattered. I thought that was kind of interesting to go off the you know operational focus of this, but he took the time to do that. The chairman then stood up and said, we are laser-focused on this non-combatant evacuation operation. It will likely go down as the second largest in U.S. history. Uh, we have three tasks. One is secure the airport. Two is defend the airport. And three is to evacuate all U.S. citizens desiring to go, third country nationals that want to go, uh, those with the special visa programs uh, that are eligible for that, and others as identified by the Department of State. He talked about the situation. He said the situation is in, is stable, um, that uh, we will defend ourselves, and the Taliban know that, uh, and that the Taliban have agreed to facilitate, facilitate the movement of U.S. visa holders to the airport. And uh, I think pregnant in that is, you know, they will not facilitate anybody else moving there. Um, and But I had, uh, I, I had like, I don't know, maybe a half dozen conversations and emails from people yesterday. And somebody who listens uh, emailed me and said, you know, Mac, it is Afghanistan, right? 
it is now a cottage industry to get people to the airport through neighborhoods, over fences, through alleys, and things like that. And so if there's a will, there's certainly a way, but you're probably not going to go through the Taliban checkpoint. Uh, in terms of the intelligence, um, the chairman um, was very specific and very pointed. Nothing I saw would indicate to me that there was going to be a collapse of the Afghan military in 11 days. Then he went on to say, this is personal. Um, and then he said, let me give you an update here with what's going on in the last 24 hours. Uh, two Marine Corps battalions are on the ground. One Minnesota National Guard battalion is on the ground. 82nd Airborne Division Command Element is on the ground, along with one brigade uh, of the 82nd Airborne. 10th Mountain Division uh, is at the embassy. Uh, there's uh, Special Forces personnel uh, on the ground. Uh, the president has authorized up to 6,000 uh, American military personnel to support this mission. There is a British rifle company at the airport along with British SOF. Uh, there's a Turkish security element there as well. Um, the aim has been to get 20 C-17 sorties every 24 hours, and they expect to increase that capacity. The airport is open on both sides, the military sides. And the civilian side. And then he talked about uh, 2,248 Americans killed in Afghanistan, that this was personal for him, and there would be a time to have the, do the second-guessing and the post-mortem, but that time was not now. So with that said, we could take some up some of those points um, uh, here in a few minutes. But, Tim, you want to you wanna walk us through kind of the uh, situation, greater Afghanistan, the city of Kabul, and then uh, around the airport and as it evolved in the last 24 hours? I'm sure it will. In the last 24 hours, outside of Kabul, we've heard very little in the way of news, with one exception that was three uh, protests launched at the same time in Jalalabad, Coast, and I believe Gardez. Uh, these protests were not tolerated by the Taliban, apparently uh, broke them up with gunfire. At least two were shot and killed in Jalalabad. Interestingly enough, and I've, I've sent you guys an email as a, as a quick side note, in Jalalabad, there is a teacher's education facility supported by the Rotarians, the Golden Triangle, the Hoya Rotary Club, because Jalalabad and San Diego are sister cities. Very, very successful NGO Yesterday, the Taliban came, inspected all their all this donated by Americans. The two engineers who run the place shaved. I, I'm looking at pictures of them. That was ballsy. And the Taliban came, said that the Emirates will provide them certificates for what they've done to help the Afghan people over the years. Everything will remain the same. And your American friends are welcome to come back here and continue to help. That was quite frankly bizarre. Moving up to Kabul. Okay, hold on. Hold, just a couple of footnotes. Um What's the significance of you mention it of of those guys working for that NGO shaving? Oh well, even if I were in Jalalabad, when the thing when 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 the Taliban fell, the uh, the natural inclination is to shave is to start stop shaving and start growing a beard. Last time they were there, that was rather mandatory. These guys who have worked with uh, who have worked with they've been to San Diego, they've been working with Rotarians for. For 15 years, that's an act of defiance to shave and then stand there and say, yeah, I run this place and this is what we do. And the Taliban didn't bat an eye. 
I, I, that was that's to me is a in, that's incredibly brave because a guy and, basically said this is who I am. I like that. I, I'm that, that's a ballsy Afghan. And yeah. that's ironic because nobody in San Diego shaves. <laughs> well, no, so, I mean you pick up that razor, right? And as you're shaving, what are you thinking? It's maybe the last time I ever shave. And, and, and there's the a good chance they're going to pump around right through my forehead. Yeah, I, and I think what it means is it means that the deal was done, like we said weeks ago, like we've been saying. And uh, the only people didn't know about it were the dumbass uniform wearing Americans. <laughs> well, I don't know. It doesn't sound like these guys are were, are in on the deal and are cool no, with no, the these deal, guys, deal. These guys, a deal would have been irrelevant to them. They're university right. instructors. These are these are guys with masters in education, PhD types. Shaving was a direct act of, of, of defiance. I can't believe they did that, but they did. And I got, and I'm looking at pictures of them standing there with the Taliban. Everybody's happy. The guys said they're going to give them certificates and they left behind guards and said, no one will ever uh, elude or molest. You are safe now. And wow. you can have your American friends back if you want. Wow. Can we, uh, wow. Just, and just to make a link to what the SECDEF said, right? The SECDEF said safety. What he actually meant was, we're taking zero risk, right? right. We're 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 going to secure this airport. We're the the last thing that the SecDef and the chairman can deal with after having people fall off airplanes and chaos, et cetera, is have an American killed in action while they're doing a neo. Who some people in Washington have said is when they hear non-combatant evacuation, they hear non-combat. So they can't have anyone killed. So they're not going to stray off the airport. So the greatest military force in the history of the world is not going to allow anyone to take risk. And you've got panty waste education types openly defying the Taliban. Think of that Uh, position uh, right there. You know? And and, and what a segue. if I could just finish up with Kabul, what a segue, Will, because I have multiple reports, including including people I know, of American citizens turned away from the gates yesterday because they were not on a list and because they look like Afghans because, you know, that's what they were. But they're American citizens now. They're being turned away. This is being reported in the open press. This isn't just me uh, saying this. So turned I, I think turned away by Taliban. No, no. Turned away by Marines at the gate. There's there's YouTube video of women screaming. I'm an American citizen, and it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're being they're being turned away. I saw that uh, YouTube earlier today. So that's going to have to change. I don't know how it's going to change, but but this is this is still. I, 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 I'm so. I I don't know if it's it's because I was so junior when I retired or whatever. But I see that many general officers inside that little airport, and I think to myself, how can this 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 is not this isn't how we should do it. Will Constantini could have gone in there and charged and figured this shit out and 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 got things organized. I don't know. Right, hold, well, hold on, to me. I I want to because the the Taliban, uh, you know, the dude doesn't shave, and as I said, yeah. I mean, and that is uh, that's why I wanted you to explain it. It is a huge act of defiance. Um, There was a story that has been circulating for the last at least 48 hours. Taliban leader sits down with female Afghan reporter for an in-person TV interview as part of the militant group's effort to project modernization. And so and what you see is 
uh, I don't know this guy's name, but you see on a set, on a TV set, here's a woman, you know, with with uh, the headscarf on and dressed in black, and here's their their representatives sitting on TV, um, um, sitting down for an interview, and you know, and is this part of? I mean, obviously, it's part of their charm offense. It's very deliberate to to allow some dissent. Yay. It, it, it is. It, See, it, at least it, I it mean, it, it's too. It's happening too often, and in a too, and, and and in a way too visible way for this not to be. And maybe is it till you know the United States gets out and most of the cameras leave, and then we'll do what we want. I guess that's the question. But there seems to be no mistaken, right? That there is not the bloodshed and the mass retribution and all the rest that has have gone with these events in the past. Is that without fair? Is that without fair? question, right. maybe the Taliban is a learning organization. Oh, yeah, how about that? <laughs> they learned in the fall of 2001 that if you're obstinate and stupid, we can actually bomb you with B-52s and kill you. And now, perhaps they've learned how to jujitsu us on this, uh, and also the idea that the Taliban is a monolith. They're not a monolith. They are diverse. Uh, Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And I got a feeling that the rank and file way out there in the Southwest doesn't necessarily agree with the leadership that happens to be in Kabul. Uh, Go figure. We should have the nuance to be able to understand that. Well, and again, I would, I would, you know, and that's, that's a theme throughout, right? The, the non monolithic, you know, Taliban, but, I mean, it really doesn't matter what happens in the Southwest. You might see a Twitter report and a video clip about something, but really what the world is going to see, what happens in Jalalabad, what happens in Kandahar, what happens in Kabul. And so if we, you know, if we do what's in our best interest to stabilize those things and we allow some dissent, we can rule this thing for a long time and we can all profit from it, you know. But if we wanted to, you know, so again, I, I think in its embryonic state, we can accommodate everybody, and you can run your little neck of the woods the way you want to. But in these regions where you have more media coverage, here's how we if we want if we're in this for the long haul and we want to do it better, so that way we can line our pockets even deeper, right? Um, there's a better way, and it's going to involve it's going to evolve involve us evolving a little bit, especially in the urban centers. So I, I just I found that very interesting to watch because you see it on a relatively frequent basis as they deal with the Afghan population that is preparing itself for the great bloodshed. I, I don't know how much Taliban commanders are lining their own pockets. That's the only thing I don't know. The The one time I ever had to directly deal with Taliban was in Gardez, and that was in the form of mullahs. Every time I had any kind of interaction with guys I thought we're going to be representing the other guys. It was always a mullah. They always lead with the mullahs. And those guys don't take money. Timmy, they run the drug trade. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the mullahs and the guys who are reaching out to the people. Running the drug trade is a business. They've got lots of businesses. They've got trucking businesses. They've got gasoline station businesses. They've got shit tons of businesses. Okay, so what's the but difference ta- between lining about- your pockets with opium and that business and lining your pockets in some other way? Oh, well, oh the difference is, is they're not lining their pockets. That money's getting kicked up. That's the difference. 
That's that's not a a a mafia scheme where I have purchased my Taliban commission and I've got to kick up to the guy that sold me my commission, like the ANA. That's not how it works. They gather up money, they give it to the mullahs. The mullahs turn it up up the chain of command. But when I, the Taliban, okay, I think when, when, again, yeah, but I'm I'm financially profiting profiting from this entire event. Yay. Yes, but the mullahs would tell you the people are profiting. And when they were talking to those guys in Jalalabad yesterday, all they talked about was you are here for the people. This is about the yeah. people. But nobody that's what Stal- Stalin said the same thing, too. So did Lenin. Right. That's a very good point. Thank you. All right. All right hold on now. So let's go to the Kandahar airport. Um, anything new at the Kandahar airport? Kabul. I'm sorry. The only th- only thing only thing new was the uh, Afghans are being prevented from getting into the area by the Taliban. Of course, as your readers have pointed out, that 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 just breeds another business opportunity for most of the kids. But uh, and we've had again Americans turned away who were not on some list, but in possession of a valid U.S. passport. And I don't I can't explain that, but I know it's happened three times. One I know of, two I heard of. And that's coming to you how? Could you explain your little intelligence network? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got so I've got my guy, Zabi, who let his wife and kids go home because his mother-in-law was sick and was going to look like she was on her last legs, wanted to see the grandkids. That was at the beginning of August. She is a is a, a special SIV visa holder. Her two children were born in America. They're American passport holders. They have tried for now. Yesterday was the third day in a row to get into the airport. She got up to the gate uh, with the help of, of male relatives, at least got up there. And I don't know what happened, but I know from talking to Zabi that she went back to her parents' apartment and she's not coming out. She goes, I'm not doing that again. She has a ticket on a civilian airliner for the 25th of August. And in her mind, the airport will be open and she'll go then. But she will not go out in Kabul with the kids who speak only English again because it's it's very, very dangerous for Got her. It. She Got feels. It. Got it. Hey, can I go back we just, to some of the stuff you guys were talking about a couple minutes ago in regards to uh, you know the mullahs and all that stuff? I just want to say um, that uh, for me, looking at Afghanistan now and and the little the uh, verifiable information we have, mm-hmm. you know, we we get stuff that like is told by the chairman and by the uh, you know by the sec sec def, but. Uh, I'm Afghanistan wise, Afghanistan wise, who stayed in there and who came. <clears throat> and and to me it's so telling that Abdullah Abdullah, the Minister of Defense, the guy in charge of the ANA and everything else, he stayed. And the guy another guy who come up on the net, Hamid Karzai. It's incredible to me, based on my experience with the Taliban in two thousand nine and ten and twelve and thirteen and seventeen and eighteen. That they would that that he wouldn't be immediately killed, both of them. But they're right in there in co- they're right in there talking. They're 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 you know going back and forth. They're uh, you know they're trying to work things out and all this. So I think the ta- like what Will said, the Taliban evolved. I mean, this might be a semantics thing we're doing now. It might have evolved, or they're just in charge of Kabul. They're going to do the government. But there's a lot of other people who have muscle in different parts of Afghanistan who uh, are not necessarily, you know, um, on the top team. And maybe that's what really happened. I don't see, you know, they back to defiance of shaving. I don't think that. I think they got the word 
They got the word in a convincing everybody. The only people who were surprised Taliban appeared appeared, you know, in Kabul Secretary of Defense and us. Jalalabad or not I'm sorry, when we pulled out of Bagram, that that was like a big like hey, we're on our own. Uh, this we gotta start we gotta start negotiating in a in a meaningful way. And I think that's what all this is. I don't I think there's places where hardcore tap those guys who are like Hey, Je- hey, Jeff, your audio is your audio is cutting in and out really bad. I mean, we're getting, you know, sometimes every third word. Um, can you? Yeah, well, can you? you can, can you? Ho- can you? Anyway, so. Can you? Can you hop off and, and 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 hop back on again? Yeah, hang on. Okay. All right. Will any thoughts on uh, uh, any other thoughts on the intel part of this today? Um. I would I would just say one thing that uh, American passport holders we call them Americans uh, and I don't I don't like to uh, slice and dice into different categories uh, because we should look out there and anyone with American passports an American um, I think uh, to, to link the Intel back, to the chairman's press conference uh, when he says nothing I saw would have told me, you know, that it was going to collapse, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's, that's very, uh, that's either the chairman throwing shade at the Intel agencies or the chairman taken around for the president. I haven't quite figured out which. That's an interesting uh, so, um, And the last thing I would say is I saw an article that talked about uh, that British contingent there is actually venturing away from the airport to locate or to go to safe houses or whatever to pick people up and bring them in. Um, and I guess that's been a source of tension, at least according to a single source report I saw, the source of tension between the British and the Americans at the airport. I saw the same report. Uh, and incidentally, can you guys hear me now? Is this better? It's better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, saw so, that, I, I saw that about the Brits too. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, and that'll, that'll cause friction across the entire chain of command, right, at the highest level, but also at the lowest level. There's not a lot of, I wouldn't think, that there's Marines there and they know, um, and they know that there's Americans out there. They're not going to want to sit there and watch the British go pick people up and they sit at the airport. Um, so, uh, yeah, I get, that's Intel. I got, I got some op stuff. We'll wait if you want. All right. Let's do the op stuff now. So, uh, Timmy, any, any other saved rounds for anything going on at the airport? No, 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 not that. I just want to. I just want to follow on with what Jeff was talking about, but I'll wait. I will. With I'll wait till my proper turn. Got it. All right. 
All right, Will, you want to start with the upside? Your thoughts on, on, on what you see in terms of the operating around uh, the in and around the airport? Yeah, so yesterday there were pictures of uh, uh, General McKenzie, you know, CENTCOM commander, being at the airport. And uh, that's interesting to me wow. because most NEOs um, are executed down there at the very low tactical level, right? And But they're commanded when you get right down to it, from thousands of miles away. So uh, when you're doing a NEO in Africa, you know, the command, there's a mu there, but the people that are trying to run the show are up there at Yukon, three, 4,000 miles away, driving that screwdriver all the way through. And so when I see General McKenzie uh, at the airport, I'm hoping what he's attempting to do uh, is – not drive the 10,000-mile screwdriver from Tampa, and also to provide some top cover because you can imagine there's people in the White House Situation Room that they want to to move the pieces on the chessboard because, well, you can see the video, so we can run it from here. So I'm hoping (laughs) he's providing some top cover from that uh, as opposed to being a photo op, you know, that we're here, we're in charge, et cetera. If... The case is that we put a two-star in there from the 82nd. I saw a picture of Marine one-star there. So you're pretty general top-heavy for a relatively small force. But what that should do is give those ability, give the ability for them to shut off the good idea fairies and give them the fuck you because, well, someone from the State Department, someone from the White House thought this was going to be a good idea. Uh, when you're a battalion commander or even a MU commander down there, uh, it's hard to say no. Uh, you would hope, particularly when you got a four-star on the scene, that it wouldn't be hard to say no. Uh, but, you know, who knows? But that one, I saw that picture, and I said, that's very, very interesting. Uh, and hopefully conscious and thoughtful about why we're doing that, as opposed to being a photo op. Let, let me just, uh, if I could, um, just so everybody, so everybody can understand this stuff. Uh, there's video feeds of drones that are flying around that airport. There's uh, there's there's GBOS camera feeds or whatever the the camera system that are linked. Um, those are available, right? Whether it be in the Pentagon, uh, in the White House, State Department, to people that have. Uh, acts authorized to have access to that stuff. So they're watching it real time. They're also able to watch the chat that goes on, radio traffic. Much of it now is chat in chat windows. So we, you know, are, are familiar with operating on battalion radio nets. Well, those radio nets are now chat windows. And they can sit there in real time, watch the video, and then watch what the 82nd Airborne, right? Um, Brigade TAC-1 is saying to XYZ Battalion, United States Marine Corps. And you're watching that in real time. And so, as Will said, the good idea ferries um, and the 8,000-foot screwdriver, that is no joke. And you'll look at, you know, there's a list of everybody who's in the window. And I just remember when we were doing Fallujah, there would be 600 people in a chat window of, you know, Division TAC-1 or, or Regimental RCT-1 TAC-1, you know, the, the major command elements. 
Um, and you're, you, you go down and you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, who are these people? You know, and you start looking at the way they've identified themselves and whatnot. And so that's the level of visibil- visibility. <laughs> I mean, so they're watching in real time both the video feed and then what people are saying. And so, you know, that's no joke. And so the, the, if hopefully Will's exactly right. The General McKenzie there is, is there saying, hey, look, um, you guys do what you're supposed to do. I'll take care of everything else. Uh, but uh, that's the level of detail that people can see now around the world. Anyway, Jeff, any, any thoughts? No. Okay. All right. Well, any other comments on the ops? No. I mean, if we want to go back to that press conference, you know, I, I yep. got plenty of that. Okay. We can do that. Jeff, any other comment on the ops that you've seen the last 24 hours at, around the airport? Well, you know, the other thing I'd say is I can't – the more generals and people who are like that who are in there, the, not the less confused, the more confusing. and They just don't need to be there. It's just stupid. You know, it's like uh, it, it negates everybody's authority. You know, between uh, you know between the people doing stuff and them, it's just uh, it, it's trying to send some kind of message to people who don't know any better, who are watching TV or something. I don't know, but I can't see what G- General McKenzie would do. Why not just ha- send the Secretary of Defense in there then with a big sun hat? You know, walk yeah, around Jeff, and you know, I, I point say at- the the only reason to be there is to attempt to prevent uh, people trying to drive this thing from other places with their 8,000-foot screwdriver, 8,000-mile screwdriver. Yeah. If he's there for the photo op side of it, then I, I agree. And I also agree about the number of generals, except yeah. that if those guys, and we, you know, you guys know personally, at least one of them that's there, can provide that umbrella so that people who are executing at the micro-tactical level have the freedom to do it instead of having to answer the phone every two minutes. That's yeah. the only reason. And if they ain't doing that, then they're failing. Yeah. Well, they're worse than failing, right? They're making it, and, and some will do this. They'll make it more difficult difficult by their very presence. When they show up, everything's got to stop because, right, CG CENTCOM is coming, right? That's what I mean. And, and, I mean. and, and, and it turns into its own dog and pony show, um, we, we had a good friend who was getting ready to do a raid in Ramadi and Joe Mattis wanted to come over and see him. And he, he had his opso call over. He goes, Hey Mac, will you do me a favor? I said, sure. And he said, will you tell, uh, will you tell chaos that we, we're not going to have time to do, to play dog and pony today that, you know, we've got two, you know, major raids, uh, one this evening, one later on tonight, and we'll be doing rock drills and all that. And, uh, and so, you know, he he's obviously more than welcome to come watch, but we just won't have time to stop and for him and, and things like that. I said, all right. So I, I walked in, and I and I tell the CG that, right? And he looks at me and he says, uh, will you give them a message for me? I said, yes, sir. He said, you tell them that I don't go where I'm not wanted. Thank you. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I called back, and I said, buddy, got a little message for you. What's that? What's up, buddy? Um, the CG said he doesn't go where he's not wanted. End of transmission. And I got a one-word response on the, from the other side. Fuck. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but it all got smoothed out. But you know what? There's a talk about beard shaving and other acts of courage, right? There's one right there. Hey, tell General Mattis that we don't have time to play dog and pony for him today. I mean, well, that's the whole point, right? That's the whole point of what we're saying is that because 
a guy like that wants to come and you're doing some of the changes. It's like the uncertainty principle. Some things are so delicate just to have the light necessary to look at it changes what it is. And that's how it is when the general shows up. <laughs> it's the uncertainty principle changes everything. Right, 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 right. The, um, all right, but I don't I'm, know. We're getting wrapped around the axle on this, I think, Max. So if you right. want to move on, I'm good with it. Well, um, yeah. I have one question. Somebody wrote in uh, the other day, and, and I'll ask this in public, um, uh, after listening to us, um, the significance of the eighty second, the CG eighty second Airborne as the um, as the overall commanding general of this um, is there? Uh, what's the significance of that? Yeah, I don't see any significance. I sense the army has a preponderance of forces there. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think it's significant. Yeah, me either. I mean, when you see the Minnesota National Guard there, I mean, that says it all, right? I mean, is it, they're vital. we got to have them. got to have the 10th Mountain at the embassy. The only thing they don't have in there is like a, a representative from the Biloxi, Mississippi Police Department Reserve. You know, it's like uh, everyone's oh, got to play. Oh, oh trust me. They're, pro- they're probably there. The... Um... Yeah, I don't know, yeah. T- Timmy. Timmy, I, I don't, I don't see any significance. I, you know, a lot of times these things are right: air contingency battalions and things that are scripted, uh, command elements that are packed and ready to get out the door. Um, it's not like let's look at the wall and send them. The only thing that I would, I would probably say is that the army very much has been interested, you know, in getting into the, you know, these kind of expeditionary, you know, crisis response events. And uh, being able to show that they can, you know, they can perform as the Marines do uh, around again the Tenth Mountain at the at, at the uh, at the embassy. That's to me the only one that hurts. Wait a minute, All right? Where are our guys? Uh, but in terms of c- the command element, I don't I don't see any significance to it other than you know who who was capable and who had the capacity to do it and in the best position. Timmy, any thoughts on that? Yeah, the uh, the 82nd has advertised themselves as airfield seizure guys, and they've got that command element set and ready to go. But I'm not aware of any operation of this nature and intensity where you've got all kinds of different people from different services. In the 80s in the past, that was intentional so everybody could get a taste of the action, but that's not relevant now. But I've never known that to work out smoothly. It seems to me you start mixing and matching units on something like this, and you're going to just breed friction. I'm, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'd be more comfortable with just one person, whether it's the 82nd or the Marine Corps, whoever, them do it with their people, and I would think yeah, that would but, be easier. But, Tim, how do you – so how many – what's the total force that's in there right now? Four, four five. 4,500. Okay. So uh, I guarantee you right now that there's not a 4,500-man unit in the Marine Corps – that is uh, 100% deployable for 60-day deployment that we can right. put on alert and have out the door in 24 hours. No, that's a that's a that's a that's a fair point. Still, you can wish, you can hope. Yeah. You can so wish. you got to take who's ACB East, ACB West. Right. You know what's the brigade ready team? No, uh, they did. I'll tell you, that's not how they did it. The Marine well, the Marine forces to do the actual NEO earmarked a long time ago, and they weren't ACB. That, that would be air, that'd be Air Contingency Battalion ACB. Right. They weren't. They, they weren't those guys. We're not. Yeah. I'll be damned. Hmm. There you go. Oh, that's weird. 
Okay, so uh, that's that's the question I wanted to get to. Uh, general discussion about things you either heard in, in the press conference or other things you've uh, seen in the news. Well, yeah, I would. Yeah, the press conference. So just for everybody out there, don't forget that the press conference is messaging, right? Who, who are they messaging? What are they trying to message? What are they trying to turn? You know, we already talked about when the chairman says safety, he's saying we're risk. We're not taking risk. Uh, when the chairman says laser focused, what he's trying to do is overcome this idea of chaos and ineptitude in planning. So if he comes right out and says we're laser focused, you know, that's a professional military person trying to overcome the, the narrative now that's been it's chaotic and we don't know what we're doing. Uh, their messaging to the veterans is interesting. So they must be getting uh, their they're either getting some uh, things from Congress about this uh, or, uh, again, they're trying to turn the page a little bit and show how committed uh, they are. Because I got to tell you something. I don't believe a fucking word they say on those things. If they were actually cared about veterans, they'd be down there at the VA kicking ass every day instead of talking about whatever else they talk about. Uh I would also say it's interesting that it took until Wednesday for them to get out there. Um, and so uh, I didn't watch a press conference because I think it's political theater. Uh, but just those few notes they took immediately strike chords with me about what they're actually attempting to do, as opposed to inform us uh, it, it's uh, – they're they're attempting to shift the narrative uh, on what's been happening. Yeah, you know, and I think I think that thing also showed <clears throat> that this uh, this was going to be a. They assumed it was going to be massive need with the Afghan government and armed forces still in place. Bigger for them, the that offensive, you know, uh, moment for them was it just evaporated. The army evaporated. And the Taliban showed up around the year before our guys were even completely in there. That's the big surprise. And that's what seems unconscious, how they could not know that, you know, know anything about it. They, they sound, I mean, Westmoreland even sounded better talking about the surprise of the Tet Offensive than General Milley did, you know, on the uh, press conference. So, Timmy, thoughts? The, uh, they're playing pin the tail on the donkey over the Bagram decision. Apparently right now that that uh, blame is resting on on uh, uh, General Miller from the Army, which may or may not uh, be there. That, that I still I went back and listened to our July 1st podcast when we were incredulous about that Bagram thing. That's a mistake you can't plan explain away. That's that is malfeasance and incompetence. And 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 we picked up on it immediately, along with probably three other Three million other um, uh, people who know something about the military, and I. But I'm not comfortable watching this uh, pin the tail on the donkey uh, on 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 General Miller. I am not comfortable with the moting at the press conference about their deep connection and whatnot, because I feel like that is cheap. I don't. I don't know why it upsets me, but it infuriates me, and I I can't explain it. But yeah, I don't. I think it's cheap. Tim, because it's sort of claiming the victim card, which is That's exactly. America, which is anti the ethos that, you know, we grew up in. 
Exactly. Uh, that's a well said, sir. Well said, Will. It's it's disgusting to watch to me. Disgusting. And what gets me is like the word they got was you either had to close down you had to close down the embassy because you didn't have enough forces to do both. And it's like they're going why didn't we have enough forces to do both? I mean the last administration said we're gonna apply and uh, but every other administration did has been shit canned by the current administration everything to do with every other subject except this did they feel constrained they got to do it the last uh, you know administration starts to why you know i don't see why you couldn't have i don't see why they didn't have like uh, uh you know places to evacuate people from in every goddamn problem so people wouldn't have to go from Helen to get to the Kabbalah. So that with that, it's like an obvious thing that right away jumps out at you. You wouldn't need that much. So what really shows me is that this whole thing was they assumed, um, you know, permissively, and then they were when the enemy showed up and the and our guys, our guys, we were backing up or we used to back up, just evaporated. Let me read you a tweet, and then I have a comment about General Milley. Um, this is from Richard Engel uh, early this morning. He's NBC's correspondent in Kabul. At the Kabul airport on the military site, more order than before. Evacuations picking up, seeing more Afghan families being taken through, and planes taking off. The base is well guarded. So that is uh, that's from earlier. That is good news. Good news. Right. That is early. That is early. That is, uh, that is what we see. Um, you know, we get raised with the saying that is very daunting the first time you hear it. You are responsible for everything your unit does and fails to do. And, you know, when the, if the chairman says, and we believe him, right? And I'll go back to the quote that I wrote, wrote down. That he said, um, hold on, nothing that I saw would lead you to believe that there would be a collapse in 11 days. All right, if that's the organization that you're presiding over, you're fired. Okay. Don't forget, don't forget Mac, that's Intel. That's fine. That's him. He you you it that, did hey, it, it it did not work for husband Kimmel. All right? It didn't it it, <laughs> it, it didn't work for it didn't work for short at Pearl Harbor either. Right? But they were actually in charge of that stuff back then. Defense Intelligence Agency does not work for the chairman. Look, I, hey, look, let me just tell you, I, I, I don't care. If you preside, you're done. If you didn't no, see I, this coming, right, in my opinion, it's it's time for you to go. Time for you to I, go. I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but this shows you're watching. You always, dis- hey, you always disagree with me, Will. It's your raison d'etat. Not totally. <laughs> no. Yes. Not totally. Yes, he totally does. Well, no, the fact that he would sometimes agree with me is just chumming the water so he can disagree with me at a, fir- at a future point over a much more substantial issue. That That's... That's how that's how you play poker it works. Exactly. <laughs> it's only been going on since 1990. Hello, 
The um, yeah, but I think I mean, look, you can you can say all these niceties and all this nonsense. At the end of the day, this is, this is you. This is what you contribute to the nation's defense, and it's a colossal failure. You and to me, the SecDef too. You guys need to go. Yeah. Clearly, not up to the task. Thank you for your service. I am the DOS guy. Yeah, to me, it, to me. Right. If I was Biden, if I was Biden, I'd say I was poorly. I was poorly. If I was, I was poorly served by these buffoons. Time for me to get my own guys and clean this house. But Mr. President, those are your guys. Never mind. Um, next question. Right. Um, any other any other observations before we get to any final comments for today? I just want to make that, you know, Jeff has been selling or, or working with this uh, grand collusion okay. thing between the government. And and at first I, I was I was listening. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I didn't give it any credence. The longer this plays out, the more what Jeff has sussed out from the beginning makes sense. How did this happen so fast? Why are Karzai and Abdul Abdul still there? This, I, th- I, th- I think I think Jeff's natural suspicion of other humans who are not Italians or Marines, I think that's paying off. And I think he was dead I'm right. Half Irish too, man. And, there you and, go. Uh, and the, uh, the other thing is, uh, I know the Afghan. You know him better than me. Nothing is the way it seems. You scratch at something good, it turns bad. You scratch at something bad, it gets worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I knew, I thought I knew him better. I'm, I may not. I may not have after all. Who the hell knows, right? Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it's all, that's the whole thing about this series of podcasts that you, you, you've, you've done with us, Mac, is that uh, we're trying to fill up lack of info with conjecture based on experience. And um, that's the interesting thing, you know? I mean, it's, it's always something that's necessary so you can be ready for weird stuff that might pop up. <laughs> well, it's no, true. but but I think though that and, and Jeff's right. I mean, I mean, in Iraq, you know, and Will and I were there at the same time uh, in 2004. Uh, Will had been there before in 2003, but you know, you learn very quickly. Nothing is what it seems, and if you're seeing it, it's because they want you to see it. So you very quickly have to adopt their ways, which is to be suspicious about everybody, everybody and everybody's motive, because it, because it is never what it seems. And so and that is, I mean, that is the way. And the quicker you get to that point, you know, the more enlightened you become and the savvier you become. Um, so interesting. All right, final comments. Um, Timmy, final comment? Well, I, I got a feeling this thing could that the people in D.C. think they can stretch this thing on indefinitely. I feel it's just a matter of time before we uh, we've pushed our luck too far. And um, this ain't over. This this has all the potential to go sour very quickly. And I'm afraid the longer we stay there, the, the greater the chance of that happening becomes. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the comparison is apt or not, but, you know, a month ago, uh, we were sure, not me and you and Jeff and Tim, but our government was sure that the Afghan army was set up for success, and it took them a month to disappear. Uh, you know, when the Russians left, it took over three years for that Afghan army to fall apart. Um, that says something about, again— Chairman, SecDef, U.S. military establishment, 
uh, et cetera. And uh, I think that the president, you know, did an interview with Stephanopoulos, I think, yesterday. And uh, he was flailing. Um, and people are really trying to change uh, everything that's been said last month, last six months, last 20 years. Uh, but the archives are out there. And yeah. we're, we're going to see if we if there is such a thing as accountability. I am uh, not optimistic that there will be. I think people are going to sail along uh, just fine. At the greater what we did in Afghanistan and then at the micro, the events that led up to to having to do this neo as we're seeing it now. Yeah, you know the the, the as when we'll talk to the events that led up, you hear you see, and it's been interesting to watch here the last few days the odd the video montage of you know general officer after general officer after general officer waxing eloquent about you know the Afghan military, the Afghan national police, whatnot. Um, so were those lies? Were you that out of touch with what they really were? And then, and then the next thing that Will quite rightly points out is, you know, and then you completely miss. It's like, you know, the Germans are massing armor and you have no clue that this thing might go south. I mean, um, so again, two huge questions. And the video record out there is horrific to watch. Uh, Jeff, final thought? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just uh, I, th- I think I think a lot about the Afghan National Army because I was advised three times with them, and especially the first the first time, oh nine and ten, and then a little bit in twelve and thirteen. Whenever we we were with them, and there was like action combat, they did good. And I don't mean with the, I don't mean partnered forces that makes them suck, but I mean whenever you had some advisors with them, and it didn't take a lot, they would do good. They would hang in there. It was almost like because your presence, you, you American Marine, or you American soldier, or whatever. They um, that was an investment that uh, that uh, that was a proven investment that this other nation had made. And he, I don't even think they look at a nation. It's almost like our tribe was uh, risking one of their dear ones to help their tribe, and they and they performed accordingly. And when we didn't, when we weren't there, they sucked. Like all this advising from afar doesn't usually work. And I think that's the reason. And, and this thing with, uh, so I'm loath to say they, you know, they're cowards and shit like this. Because like almost 70,000 got killed fighting, you know, with us. And that's a lot more than we lost in there. That's a lot more than the whole coalition, you know, lost in there. So, uh, you know, they did pony up. And then... When they when they felt us go, and they felt that you know that cutoff, and I think that happened around the Bagram time. That was like the final straw. Then they just said, "All right, fuck it. It's now we gotta work. We gotta worry about our own future." And me as a Tajik, me as the Uzbek, I gotta worry about that. And that's what I was, that's what keeps coming back to me now. Hey Jeff, I have a question for you. Relative, so what were they fighting for when they fought? When you know, I mean. This notion of Afghanistan as a as a you know federal federalized nation you know was not the 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 world that they lived in 
Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever get any sense of what are they fighting for? Well, I tell you, for your average Ascar is dirt poor, right? And they uh, so it was the, a paycheck, and they did get fed regularly, and they got fed pretty good in the units that I advised, and uh, and they got taken care of, had place to stay. They're able to send money home or get money home. You know, it wasn't like Iraq was when we first got there. And, uh, you know, there was that. And then also, though, there was that uh, I, I think they uh, most people didn't like the sixth century fucking Taliban way of doing things. Right. And that's another reason thing that that makes me think that the Taliban of today, like Will was saying, is different than the Taliban of 2001 in that. It's. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys. Let me let me just cut to the chase and not bore everybody with rambling. But I think a lot of those guys that are at checkpoints throughout the country, but all, used to be wearing A and A uniforms until a couple of weeks ago. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, my my final point is about the Taliban, um, and my question is, who's influencing them? Right? Uh, are we to believe that they? On their own, they have evolved, uh, which would be interesting. But you see it, Taliban spokesmen, right, go on a national newscast with a woman, right? You know, Tim's story about the NGOs. If you told me that story and looked at me and said, how does that end? I said, they both get shot in the head, right? Um, Yeah, and then they might tell everybody else, yeah, continue on, but those guys are dead, for their act of defiance, uh, the way they're dealing with the media, right? Uh, the way they're allowing the neo to continue, right? So my question is, who's influencing them? Uh, I'm curious about that now because their behavior is so vastly different than what the world expects, right? What the world expects, what the United States has predicted. And so not only did we miss the, you know, the handover uh, of the nation, we completely misjudged the, the Taliban, so which would not be the first time. Um, anyway, all right, boys. Um, thanks for getting up doing this, especially Jeff. I'm on the East Coast. East Coast time is easy, man. It's like ten o'clock here. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, but uh, no, thanks for getting up and doing it. And again, I, I forwarded you guys a couple emails, but. Um, I, you know, this whole endeavor to explain stuff that people see and, and the things that we do, I think is, uh, is, uh, people appreciate it. And so, uh, thank you guys for, for doing it and your expertise in Neos and things like that is greatly appreciated. So thank you. A a quick, quick save round, buddy. Sure. There are three CH-46s in Kabul that belong to the State Department. One of them is registered civilian code N-38TU, and that aircraft was in South Vietnam during Operation Frequent Wind. No, Boom. nobody wow. believes that, okay? That's a story the that article. goes fire. Come on. <laughs> another save another, hey, another, another, like, somebody looking for clickbait that's going to turn hey, into uh, money. Another save Come round, on. though. My buddy, uh, you know, Mac, my buddy Kirkaby, who called yes. you? Yeah. Or you guys called yeah. He was involved in frequent win. He was a Intel guy in uh, one of the helicopter squadrons there, 46 squadron. He says, I'm, I saw 46 on the news. <laughs> I go, are you sure, Kirk? It might have been a 47. He goes, and then, he, and then I told him what Timmy said. I said, hey, you know, there's this bunch. And they were in there for a long time. Those guys, they, they refurbished 46s. I mean, I flew on them in 17 and, and 18. Um, old 46s and uh, Hueys, too. You know, the, that are doing like uh, taxi service type shit. 
not, not in the service. I'll tell you some what, company my favorite uh, helicopter that I ever flew in, the CH-46, the Frog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. One more saved round. You know, Mac, you asked, did the Taliban evolve on their own? Nothing evolves on its own. That's how evolution works. It's forced to by its environment. So or is there another actor playing Geppetto with them who's financing and they have the well, p- promises of the future? We will come in, you know, Iran, the Chinese. I mean, you know. ISI has been their papa. ISI is who created them. Well, well look at Karzai. It, no, Karzai is such a traitor. It all makes sense now. All those years you didn't want us to be doing night raids or, shoot, or you know, returning fire that was coming from uh, compounds. Everybody shoots from so it's like uh, he's a fucking traitor, and he has been since the get go. <laughs> but he, w- I don't think the Afghans think he's a traitor to Afghan. That's that's a that's yeah, a different thing. Well, right? shit. To them, you're a fool if you're not one. <laughs> well, there's some utility in that, right? You just, Look at what's happening you, now. You, you just saw the growth of a human being right there. To them, you're a fool if you're not one. Jeff Ken- <laughs> Jeff Kenny growing before our very eyes. Understanding. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Enjoy Annapolis, brother. Yep. That'll do it on a uh, Thursday. I'm in Annapolis, Maryland for the wedding of my number two son, Patrick. Yeah. To the lovely Sarah. Yeah. Um, my thanks to Will, Jeff, and Tim for coming on and, and doing this thing um, <clears throat> as we watch history unfold. Uh, huge questions. You know, how long will the United States be allowed to do this? Um, the, the little indicators that we've seen from the Taliban, does that mean they will govern different? That they're truly serious about ruling a diverse nation in a much different way? I guess uh, we will see that all play out live. But again, my thanks to my friends for coming on today and explaining. If you have any questions that you'd like us to address, uh, please. Live.almarineradio at gmail.com. Live.almarineradio, that's all one word, at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to uh, address whatever questions that you have. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, watch the uh, press conference between the uh, that includes the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman. Interesting, interesting theater. So, on that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm out.